Hey, this is Phil Yanov with the Tech After Five podcast. And you know what? We are living in a different time. 2020 has made us learn some new skills and connect with people in a different way. So uh, I've brought my friend and co-host Carol Hamilton here with me today, and we are going to talk about some of the tools we use to stay connected when connecting is hard, right? I can't show up, I can't shake a person's hand, but uh, I can still talk them over video and I can keep track of things and all that. So I'm using some tools, she's using some tools, and we're gonna talk about it. Uh, Carol, host of the Evolving Diversity Podcast. Welcome to the Tech After Five Podcast. Thank you so much, my friend. Delighted to be here. It's good to see you. All right. I want to read that. I mean, for those of you who are on video, I'm going to read that sign behind you now. Speak in such a way that others love to listen to you. Oh, tell me. I mean, I think that's pretty good advice. And of course, the listening part too, right? I might should be listening twice as much as I talk. But uh, tell me what that means to you, because you're trying to tell us something with that behind you. That's Zig Ziglar. And I like the idea that you are conscious of communication. You're not just spewing that you're saying, speak in a way that people want to listen. And you're also listening in a way that invites people to engage with you. And I think in this moment of technology, that is perhaps one of the things that gets lost is, is to remember that in the end, no matter what it is we're trying to do, it all comes back to communication. And so how are we bringing it back into, do I hear you? Do I understand what you want? Do I, am I listening to your needs? And am I present with those things? Because when I am, you're going to want to tell me more. And it means that when I do speak, I'm speaking directly to you. And I think technology has this layer of opportunity in it to disconnect from that and just say, let's get to the task. And I I have this a lot with with people leading into this conversation about tools um, where you'll see people come online and they'll just get immediately into get down to the business of things. And we used to see that all the time on conference calls where people, they couldn't see you. And so they would just charge into business in a way that you wouldn't in a room, right? Where you were live in a room, you'd say, well, hey, Phil, how you doing? Right. No, I never did that. I would just say, why are we here? Um, but uh, <laughs> No, I, I, so I think that's it, right? There, there are a bunch of things. So we would talk about what are the, the ways that we go about that and how do we do that? So some of that comes out in just, you know, the tool that we're on in and of this moment. So, and, and maybe we should start there. So one of the tools that we are using, of course, uh, to stay connected is video conferencing in general, and frequently Zoom in particular. And uh, I'm not sure, you know, I know I've used a few things and I still use a few things here and there. But quite frankly, one of the things I've found is that if I focus on using Zoom more often than the others, it turns out that my audience more often than not knows their way to me through that, right? So it's easier to make that connection. And they kind of understand the tools, even though uh, Zoom themselves change the software software periodically and basically roll out new features and things like that. But uh, I know you've used some or taken a look at some other things as of I, I mean, I'm a little, I'm intrigued by what Hopin might be doing. Um, But, you know, I've never, I've yet to see anybody actually use it really, really well. But I think that's a platform that's got some promise on it. But you were talking earlier about another one. It does. Um, Well, 
yeah, just to finish the conversation on Hop In, I have I have a client who's used it for a very large gathering that's happened on a regular basis. And the regular basis part of it is really handy because it gave everybody a sense of how to use it. So once they had their it's, you know, that learning curve, they got through it and got to the other side. It has some huge advantages in that you can wander about a bit easier than others, which is to the good side of the, of the uh, participant can be a little rugged on presenters who aren't interesting, but that's a, that's an intriguing idea. Um, <laughs> I can yeah. watch people walk out of the room. Look I at get that. to leave. We, we yes. Oh, wow. Who is talking? Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Um, I think it's a good program. It's it's really expensive, and and the people that I've seen use it have said it's okay. But it it's it, you've got to really want it to pay that kind of price. The one that I think has all the bells and whistles, and therefore has massive connectivity problems, is Adobe. And um, I have now had enough problems with Adobe where I'm simply going to say thanks, but no, unless you do some sort of massive overhaul, because the problem, and even the even that won't solve it, because the problem is the connectivity issue. It's not it's not the program itself. It's that the program is so loaded down with bells and whistles, or at least that's what I've been told. Yeah. The thing that I'm seeing nonstop is Teams and Zoom. And Zoom yeah. is the entrepreneur's dream, and it's the family that's gathering. And then Teams, because of business, it seems to have an affair with Teams because then you can put in all your documents and all your files and everything. Um, I think Zoom is more user-friendly, and therefore I think it's just warmer. And to your point, I think people are, are stepping into it because it's just easier to use. The latest update is you can now step – you can choose your breakout room. Ooh, right. Just heard about that. Haven't used it yet. Um, and one of my favorites, I think that we're seeing, going to see more of is mm-hmm, which is M-M-H-M-M, mm-hmm. And I was just at a, a conference where they used it. And it's basically, it gives you a square next to you as, as you would see on a newscast or a Saturday Night Live newscast so that you have this little place for your slides. I've also, the person who used it, used it as a backdrop for his slides. So he was literally standing in the slide. Right. And the thing that I really liked about that was how creative you you were almost forced to get because you're not standing up now in front of a bullet point list, right? You're standing in the midst of your information and now how are you going to represent that? I thought that was pretty interesting. Yeah, I think that's a clever, clever idea. So let's focus here primarily on the stuff we are using. I mean, there's a we're surveying a little bit, but the stuff that we're using. So part of this is we are in fact using Zoom a lot, right? So it's yes. it's an, it's for a lot of our calls, and I think that you know as a tool, uh, you know tools within the tools, right? So I use the polling just a little bit, and mm. that is typically over a one hour call or an hour and a half call. I will do two, maybe three polls, and mostly I'm just trying to get people used to interacting with me, right? I mean, this is really not unlike that sign behind your head, which is speak in a way that others love to listen to you and listen in a way that they love to speak to you, right? And so my thing is, I want to make sure that if I've got a lot of people on a call, they have at least some way they can talk back to me, right? Yes. And so I kind of, I'm, I'm always using the polls to figure out how are you? What are you up to? That kind of stuff, right? So we don't go super deep because if the polls get complicated, it takes them too long to read them, et cetera. But, you know, we have one that's as simple as, how are you doing? Excellent, very good, good, and needs improvement. And the idea is I just want to take everybody's temperature and say, can we help you if you need help from us, right? Can I offer you some feedback on that? Because I have to tell you, when I first saw that, I had doubts, 
I, I saw you use that tool and I was like, really? And then somebody came up with the answer, which was so transparent. And I really applaud their transparency to say, yeah, I'm not doing great. And then I sat back and watched you and this person have a reasonably intimate, comfortable, nobody got uncomfortable, but reasonably intimate conversation about what's going on yeah, and how could this be better? And I completely had a three, a 180 on, on how I saw that question, because at first I thought it was like, well, how are you? I'm fine. Great. Those are the polls drive me crazy. The polls that come on and they are, somebody said, hey, we need to get them engaged. Let's throw in a poll for no reason. And I have seen those in all business settings over and over again. And they they just, I can't stand them. Yeah. But I think part of it for me wasn't even, I mean, I think it started with the question and then it ended with with what really made it juicy was the follow-up. Oh, yeah, I think that's it, right? Because if we had just said, how are you doing? I mean, it would have been like going to a store. Can I help you today? And you say, no. Or, you know, what do you mean I can't help you? You came in here to buy something. I mean, it's the problem is you're just sort of rejecting the conversation. You're setting up a barrier, right? In my case, I was using it, and I do use it. I use that question almost every event. And the idea is I want to be able to start a thing if you need some help. Or just to start a conversation, you know, if nobody needs improvement, I, I pick some other thing and say, okay, let's talk to somebody about what that means in their life. Yeah. No, I thought it was, I I thought, let me come back to, I was in a thing not long ago about icebreakers and icebreakers can be kind of an eye roller for me because it's that same force, let's all be friends, even though we don't know each other. And there's this ickiness about that for me. But I, I really felt like that was one of the best icebreakers I'd seen. And a lot of it had to do with because you actually cared about the answer. And I think when you're writing polls, that's a big piece of this. Do you care about the answer? Now, I did one the other day where I was in my brilliance because we were in teams and we were told that teams and polls are not a great combo. And we were going to go into mentor, mentor, and somebody said, no, you can't do that either. So we said, okay, here's what we're going to do. We're going to have everybody just turn on their cameras for answer A, shut them off, then turn on their cameras for answer B, and it'll be brilliant, which worked brilliantly, except that most of the people didn't want to turn on their cameras. And so Mm. now we lost all of the information. And I think we would have captured it if we'd have just gone back to the poll. Yeah. Isn't that something? Yeah. Lesson learned. Yeah. No, I I think that's it. Um, Yeah. So, you know, again, we, so we're starting with the idea. Yes, we're using zoom. Um, We can use the tool of polling inside there, but it can, there's bad use of polling and good use of polling to steal a friend's phrase. Right. So this can be used either way. Use it to actually either gather information you really need and you're going to act upon and show that you care about it or to increase engagement by saying, well, let's what this follow up. What is the conversation going to be? after the poll? How do I get this to be more authentic? Let people express themselves, right? They're looking for significance in the group. Let's help them, let them understand it. That's what we are trying to help them to do, right? How can we help you? Uh, breakout room. So that's another tool. It's kind of, it's crazy to me still. I go into other people's events and like they don't do, either they don't use the breakout rooms at all, or they use them so clumsily that I'm like, I, you know, for example, I can't say, hey, we've got 50 people on the call, breakout rooms, and you press the button and you fling people into rooms <laughs> with no mission, no idea, no idea of the length, no idea what they're supposed to do in there. Yes. Uh, I mean, there's just zero 
wayfinding. I asked a guy the other day, I, uh, I was talking to a guy who's never been to one of our events, but attends a bunch of events in New York City. And I said, well, what would you change about the bet? Think about the best event that you go to and what would you change about it? And he said, um, I would have like an agenda and tell people what was going on. I was like, yeah, I get that. I mean, I, I think that's important too, right? And that's just conversational wayfinding. I don't think people, you know, if you are here facilitating a conversation on Zoom among a number of people, you got to kind of tell them, well, this is what we're going to do. And this is how long it's going to last. And th this, and if Agreed. I toss them into breakout rooms, what is it you're going to do when you are in there? What guidance will I give you? Even and if I'm going to say, you can go do whatever you want, but here's the guidance I'm going to give you. If you want to follow my mission, take this one. If you want to go do something else, you can do your something else, but here are the rules. Yeah. And I think you're bringing up a, a, a load of really good points. One of them is, I think people try to make a, a, an event, let's let's say your event, and they say, well, this is how we do it live. We'll just put it online and it'll all be good. And you wouldn't need necessarily an agenda in a live event other than cocktails are at this hour. If we're going to have a speaker, they'll be around this time. But the rest of it would be left up to human communication. I don't think that's an option when you go online because online it is so heavily facilitated by who's got the buttons. Right. And to your point, I I hate when somebody goes, well, see ya. And you're over there going, oh, 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 um, Tom, is it? No. What are we doing? I will tell you over so many programs and so many breakouts that the amount of multitasking, and this is more in a professional setting than in something like yours, where people are actually there thoroughly by choice, is when you're, the multitasking that goes on is profound. And by the time they get to the breakout rooms, nine times out of 10, they go, um, do you remember what we were supposed to do? And, and so one of the, the things that I really love is that chat box, because in almost every platform, if you have a running chat box, and if you can get your instructions down to three bullet points of here's what's expected, here's how long you're in there, and we'll see you back at whatever the other expectation might be, you're really going to help yourself get them, stay, keep them focused. Great. Because one of the things that happens with breakout rooms is people tend to go into lengthy introductions and they can spend all of the time meeting one another, whether that's what you wanted them to do or not. And so we've had to get really clear about what it is that we think you're there for. And then we repeat it and then we have it in writing yes. because it helps you focus. Yeah. Uh, well, I, I think that's a useful thing too, is to, it, it, whether you use, I mean, the chat box is the one that you can use while they're still in the general session. And then there's the broadcast to all that you can use once they're in the breakout sessions. But those are powerful tools to increase the wayfinding. And you hit on a point which you just intuit, but let me just say it explicitly for people who don't get it. Um, there are people who are visual learners and there are people who are auditory learners. And so in my case is I always put the instructions on the screen so they can read it. And then I repeat it to them twice. And then I ask them for confirmation that they understood what we just asked them. And my whole point is I'm just trying to get their attention back before I toss them in the room so they don't get that lost feeling of, oh, my God, I didn't have to listen a minute ago because there were 50 people and no one could see me. Now there's only three. And I'm like, what am I doing here? So. And I think tools, that's a useful tool. One of the tools I love is when they're coming in, I like to start dialoguing with people when they start signing in. 
So I don't want them signing in a half hour early if I can possibly help it. We, we actually had people come in early when we were using Adobe on something because we needed to do tech checks because we had so much trouble. But generally speaking, I want people to start floating in somewhere between quarter two and five two, depending on the setting. And then I want to start conversation. And what I found is a lot of people will come on without their cameras. And so that's where the chat box has been my best friend. And I've done things like if I've got a global, I'll say, what time is it where you are? Or could you say hello in your native tongue? And now I've got people who have designated, I'm willing to engage. I'm already in here. And now I feel like I can say, hey, would you unmute? And if you're comfortable, turn on your camera. And now we have a conversation going. And I love the idea of people joining in to conversation because it's, it's like getting that first person on the dance floor. Yeah. And now we've got talk going back and forth. I also will frequently have a co-host for that exact same reason. Yeah. No, I think that's great. One of the things we've been doing, by the way, with some of our meetings, testing out the idea is um, I don't always want to do the chat on the front, but I will have a co-conspirator, as you say, a Mm co-host. And basically what I'll do is I'll create a single breakout room that ends at the time the meeting is supposed to start. And then as folks come in, I do a quick tech check. You're good. I'm going to just toss you in a room, let you talk to a few people. Just treat this like you were in line at the event, pulling your badge, all that kind of stuff. You're just going to talk as we get ready. I will bring you all back. And then we'll start the event. And so there's an unstructured conversation time. People love that, right? So I might end up with 12 or 15 people in a room just kind of wandering around talking to each other. Um, And they realize this is not the structured event. This is the unstructured before event time and a chance to chat. And I have someone in there to make sure the conversation doesn't go off the rails. Oh, that's really nice. I like that. And I like having that light, really light-handed facilitation because that does protect your brand and what anybody might try to go a little crazy on you because that happens too, right? Yeah. Yeah. So I think these are the things that we can be doing in Zoom, by the way. Um, um, I I think Zoom is a powerful tool. And so I was talking about using it primarily for groups. I think you're using it in groups as well. But Mm -hmm. the thing is, I'm doing a lot of one-on-one conversations. I mean, which of course today with it's just you and me, it feels the same way, right? I've got a real big carol right in front of me, a little camera that I'm staring at. Um, But the thing is, I now, um, you know, I choose these. This is my default meeting style, right? I mean, if someone says, hey, I want to get on the phone real quick, I say, uh, let's just set up a quick Zoom and we'll do that thing. But it kind of gives me, I get the head nod whether some people agree with me or if they they give me that look, which means I don't understand. I understand, you know, that helps me do that too. So a thing, you pointed to this early on. I think it's a super powerful point. We certainly went through this ourselves, right? Is that when people took events out of the real, whether it was a board meeting or a big meeting or something like that, there was skeuomorphism, right? We thought we would just replicate that whole thing on a Zoom call. That doesn't work. And the tool now lets us do things we couldn't do otherwise. So one of the things is we can do Zooms quick, they can, we can be in and out, right? If I'm going to do a one-on-one call, it does not need to be a 30-minute meeting. It might be, it, we can do this as casually as you dropping by my desk if I want to do that. And I can do a 10-minute thing. We can just do this thing. If I get a nod, then you understand me. If you don't, that's okay. Then we'll get it solved. But we had we had the deep conversational back and forth to under, so that we understood, that we each understood each other before we walked away to go off and do our things, right? And so I think some people are not thinking about just, the power of using video conferencing general. I think Zoom is just happens to be the easiest tool at the time, but video conferencing, quick, easy setup, easy communicate, and then you can get out. It does not need to be a 30 minute call. 
Absolutely. I, I think we can let go of that whole, uh, uh, every meeting has to be an hour. I actually think that's worked against us for years. I think it really harmed us in conference calls when we went from live to conference calls. And now it's just unnecessary. However, I would put a caveat on that, which is in those calls, this the best possible way to do that is camera on. Because all the things you're talking about, head nodding, eye contact, all of those things are so much a part of our communication. That's also what's helping us cut to the chase. And so if I see you going, you know, suddenly there's something that's got your attention, I'm seeing it and I'm going, hey, you know what, do we need to reconnect later? And exactly, you know, the cat's the cat is officially not a hole in the door. The child is just running with hair or flame. You know, I mean, there's things that I'm going to see and be able to respond to. And the other piece of that is when your camera's on, you must fall in love with the little green light. Make sure that we're getting eye contact because that to me is what makes it human. Because if I was sitting in a room with you, I wouldn't sit there going, yeah, Phil. Yeah. Yeah. I agree, Phil. Whatever you, yeah. I can see why you'd say that. I wouldn't do that. I would automatically go, well, let's come back and connect. How's Phil feeling? What's he thinking about what I'm saying? Are we, are we on the same track? Right. Um, You know, that kind of thing. It's what makes it interesting. Yeah. There's an opportunity for eye to eye for us to get the full, nearly full fidelity, Mm -hmm. right? It's close Uh, to going to. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's just very powerful. So, you know, we talked about this being general tools. I think the tool of zoom and video conferencing is one that you can take full advantage of. And, you know, you just got to do whatever you need to do in order to make that tool work for you. Mm -hmm. So that means if you need to set up a little place where you've got a good light so you can see your face and so people then you got to do that. Um, But the idea is you can just get a whole lot more done. So I think you ought to be thinking about using that tool to full effect um, so that you can get the most out of it. And by the way, if you're just kind of uncomfortable with this, you know, you say, you know, Carol's talked a lot about people without cameras on, et cetera. If you're uncomfortable. Yeah. I just do it more. Do it till you get yes. comfortable with it. It's just a muscle. And at some point it just becomes a reflex and this is just the way you do it. I couldn't agree more. I, you know, whatever aspect of customer service that your um, contact you're in or senior leadership contact you're in or friends. And, and I think that we're all really feeling the, the full thrust of how lonely it is without our friends around us that we used to get to hang out with. This is the place where it's going to get as, as much better as it's going to get. And I don't think we're, we're at the end. So it's really, don't let yourself start seeping into isolation. If you feel that, then go ahead and take the risk of turning on your camera. It encourages other people to do that. At least you feel like you've had a human conversation with somebody who isn't inside your house, which is a really nice addition. Yeah. Not replacement, addition. <laughs> yeah, right. It's a thing for us to, to figure out how to connect with the other. So I think that is useful. So use that and set up, you know, just set up appointments with people it's easily. And of course, if you are in fact using Zoom, you know, now I'm a Google Calendar person. I don't know about how this yeah. works for Microsoft people, but I'm happy to be a Google Calendar person. So this means I just clicked a couple buttons. I connected the two of those together. And this makes it super easy because I just go, we'll set up a meeting with Carol, make it a Zoom meeting and press the button. And it automatically creates all the parameters. I don't have to think about it. It just poof, creates that real quickly. And you can do these casually. And if we reduce the barriers to having these kinds of higher fidelity conversations, we will have more of them. 
Right. More, shorter, more effective, and with people that we might not be able to access otherwise. And that's one of the things that I think is really important. You know, it's very easy to sit back and say, look at all the limitations of this horrible situation. But there is a flip side. And the flip side is the whole world's home. So if there is a leader you want to reach out to, now might be a really good time to do that because more people have more time than I've seen. Just not to say that people aren't working, but I have to tell you the accessibility doors are swinging open in a way that they didn't before. And I know part of it is because nobody had to get on a plane. Right. Yeah. I, uh, I think this is a powerful tool and that you can use it in ways that you hadn't thought of and you ought to, you ought to figure out how to make that work for you. So you can, Mm -hmm. again, do this more quickly, more easily, get the friction out of these conversations so that you can, um, just go do that and have these conversations with people. Um, so, you know, let me, and I kind of see where we are in time. I don't think I want to go and hit a whole pile of other things. Let's talk about things related to it that might be good fits that just kind of fit. So, you know, I told you that I am using, um, I use Zoom primarily for my talking. I, I've used some others, but I usually primarily use that. I try to use all the tools within it so that I can increase engagement when I'm talking to a larger group. Um, and then, of course, I'm just trying to maintain eye contact, maintain good lighting, all of that kind of stuff when it's just, particularly when it's just one-on-one. And I'm trying, uh, you know, you and I had a little conversation before we even got started with this because I was checking my audio. I've messed around with my audio a bunch of different ways, right? And I've trying to gone out of my way to have a decent microphone, but a pretty good audio interface set up so that my voice is warm and round and we get rid of the static and all of that kind of stuff because I don't want to abuse. I mean, I don't want every time, this is like, me calling my mother who lives in the middle of nowhere with terrible telephone service. And it's, you know, it's scratchy. I mean, if it's raining outside, you can barely hear my mother on her landline. Um, but, you know, that's a that's a tough call to have. I'm doing it because I want to, but it's hard, right? And I don't want people, it's the same as if someone's calling you and you're running through the house. Oh, the worst, of course, is uh, using the ice maker or, you know, pulling a right. cup full of ice. <laughs> whatever that noise is oh my god grinding coffee yeah it sounds like you're grinding someone's bones to make your bread is that what this is all about exactly stands the screaming but it's a yeah it's a it's just uh but basically there's lots of it so having good sound making that as comfortable for the other person as possible taking their cues you know in zoom it's the most popular phrase of 2020 is you're on mute yes so you got to get the sound on, but then the sound needs to be good. You know, every once in a while we'll get somebody and somehow they've managed to way overdrive the Zoom call and it's they're they're killing your ears and you can't ever yeah. quite get the levels quite right. So take yeah. cues from the other side, be as helpful as you can, make that bit work. And God, uh, can you get off speaker as often as possible? I can see I've been yelping about this since we were on, on conference calls. I, I am absolutely with you with good sound matters. They're actually doing studies now with podcasts saying that, you know, podcasts have been kind of the garage creation of people. And there's 700,000 podcasts right now. And people are doing them in a variety of settings. And what they've discovered is that there's, <laughs> excuse me, ear fatigue. 
And yeah. ear fatigue says it might, my, my ears are just tired of bad sound. And so my ears are tired. My brain is checking out. I'm not listening. And this is what I want people to understand is when you put in your eye, your, especially your Apple, your eye buds or earbuds that then have a cord on them with a microphone on them, they are rubbing against your, your skin or your, your blouse, your clothes, whatever. You don't know it. Everybody else does. And you're driving people crazy. So think headset or whatever your setup is. And why don't you tell us what your setup? Because you're clearly not using your computer microphone. Yeah, no. And although it's crazy, my computer, well, in this case, it would be my display microphone is pretty good. Um, but I've gone with something with a little bit bigger diaphragm. And I'm using a dynamic mic because, you know, I'm in a, I'm not in a studio setting, right, where I could use a condenser microphone and it would be super round and broad. But uh so I'm using a dynamic microphone, so it's pointed and it's trying to mostly pick up the noise just pointed at my face. Mine's an end address. Um, and then I've got some tricks around it just to kind of boost that and warm it up as it goes into the kit that we're doing here. But I think the most important part to your point of getting off the speaker, getting off the speaker means getting off the speaker on your computer as well. So that means having headphones. And the best part about the headphones is A, I can hear Carol better and I can adjust the volume up and down if I need to adjust the volume up and down. But more importantly, Carol is not getting that slap back of her own voice coming back through my microphone because it's not even available to the microphone, right? So it's like you're using this headset that you've got. It gives you exactly the same thing, right? Uh, it the, the, the most difficult thing in, in any experience is to kind of hearing your own voice come back to you on delay. Um, I did a... <laughs> I would, I was, you know, I've done a bunch of live radio and one time we had to use a remote studio and, and I don't know why it was, but the remote studio was feeding back into our headphones, our own voices at about, I think it was five seconds out of sync. Oh my. Right. And so it wasn't, and I don't think it was, we weren't getting the delay because, you know, you'll insert up to a nine second delay on some of these. It wasn't the delay, but it was something that was going on. So basically I was in one city, it was going back to a studio somewhere else and then coming back to me on a delay. And I could hear what I said many seconds ago, coming back into my ears. And the problem is I couldn't just rip off my headphones because it's how I heard the callers. It's how I got IFB, uh, you know, the, the, producer to talk to me, et cetera. And I can remember, I'm just like, I would hit this button to go IFB and I go, oh my gosh, I, this is making me nuts. You've yeah. got to get rid of this sound. Yes. But, but it, it required my full concentration to listen to the caller and not hear myself. And I'm only telling this story because this is exactly what happens when you are on a speaker and someone is getting, you know, the echo cancellation is just not big enough. And basically they're getting their own voice turned back to them. This makes them crazy. Their, their head can't process this. Yeah. And all they're thinking is, when is this over? So anything that you might be saying has zero value because it's not being received in any meaningful way. I, you know, when I bring people as a guest onto my podcast, I send them headsets. If they don't have a real headset, it's 40 bucks. It's an MPOW. It's not fancy. But the difference in sound is so profound from them just sitting even in a quiet room in front of their computer. It raises it at least 30%. 
And yeah. then if there is a cat jumping or something going on in the background, it, it reduces that tremendously. And I would suggest that while headsets, you got to get one that fits your head well, that you're comfortable in. But the more you can wear that for these little Zoom calls, the more likely people are going to get on them with you and stay on them. Yeah. And get some actual impact out of it because sound matters. It's this is a long day that we're expecting people to do. It should be really comfy. Yeah. No, I, I agree entirely. So your sound for the benefit of the other person, super important. Well, you know what? I think we kind of hit where we were going to hit from the clock side of this. So I I mean, cool. we ended up talking mostly about Zoom as a tool. And I think that's good because I've got another whole conversation on a whole pile of other tools that we can talk about another time. Awesome. But I think for us, for example, inside this tool of video conferencing provides us with lots of opportunities. And if we use them to our benefit, um, you can be quite successful at it. I mean, you know, uh, I, again, I have, I figured out the other day, I've run 121 of these calls with between a dozen and 1900 people on the call, right? And go. so, it, but part of that, part of the reason for some of those calls was just to get good at it. And yes. I feel like that's what I, I, I just needed the experience. I needed the muscle memory. I needed to know where the buttons were. I didn't need to be thinking, oh, I don't know how to mute this guy. Uh, when I needed to mute somebody because, you know, they were, they had an ambulance driving by their house and they had an open microphone. Right. So I didn't need to know, I didn't need to worry with all that. I needed to be good at it. So it's taken me a little time. I've done a little practice, but I think with a little bit of practice and spending some time with the tool, you can be good at it too. And uh, I thank you, Carol Hamilton, for bringing some uh, human element to this. Right. I mean, yes, it's a tool. Yes, it's technology. But if we do not think about the human on both sides of this thing, um, we'll not use it to a way that's to our advantage. So that's thank right. you for that. Thank you. Yeah. It's an easy way to stand out because so few people are putting the energy into it that you are. And so it's a, it's a, it's a really open door for people to stand out. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Thank you for the conversation. Well, this is Carol Hamilton, who's with me with the Evolving Diversity podcast. And we'll stick a link in there so you can find Carol. And of course, I'm Phil Yanov with Tech After Five, an easiest way to put more fill in your life should you want that. And I can't imagine that it's for everybody. But Think about it. Might be more fill, but certainly more connecting. You know, we're looking for IT professionals who are looking to advance their career or to build their business to come to us so we can help you meet each other and figure that out together. We're doing that with uh, events that are now in the virtual, and you can find out all about them by just coming to our website at techafter5.com. Listen, if you like what we're saying on the podcast, I hate to be that subscribe and like guy, but listen, it helps us to get some good reviews out there, particularly on Apple Podcasts. And if you could press the button on YouTube, that just kind of lets other people know that we are not knuckleheads. And that's all I'm really looking for in all of this. So thank you for listening. I'll see you at techafter5 or ta5.com. Thanks. Thanks.